couple of years ago, my good friend and yours, Father Paul McNulty, and I went on a hike at one of my favorite places to hike in western North Carolina. It's a place called Black Balsam Knob. It's not too far west from Brevard, and there's two main things I like about it. One, you can park, and it's probably only about two, three hundred yards to the summit from where you park, so it doesn't take a long time to get there with the payoff, so it's not like you're hiking for three hours and finally get a view. You park, you get out, you walk a little ways, and it's amazing. Like, it's just a beautiful place. But the second thing is whenever you hear about a place called a knob, it's exactly what it sounds like. There's not any trees, so when you're up there, it's like a 360-degree view, and it's just beautiful. And we were there on a particularly gorgeous day, you know, no clouds in the sky, great temperature, and with there being no trees, there's a lot of like little grassy knolls. And so we just were kind of hanging out, sitting there on the ground, taking it all in. It was beautiful. And as we were sitting there, we are seeing just kind of off the distance coming closer and closer. There was a mom clearly like leading the charge, looking kind of intense. And behind her looked to be her daughter. And as they got closer and closer, we could tell that the daughter was not very happy. And she was clearly looking down, and eventually you could see at her phone, and we heard her say as they got closer and closer, oh, this is so boring. I hate this. There's nothing to do here. And the two of us just kind of looked at each other like, really? I mean, because the thing is, it, up there, it's just so glorious, and you see for you know miles and miles, you're like looking over towards Asheville, you know, all the mountains, it's incredible. It's like... Come on, buddy, like, just put the phone down. Like, you look at all that you have to see, but she was just so stuck on that phone. And I think when we get into Lent, it's sort of like a gift from Holy Mother Church to sort of, like, take the phone out of our hands. Because we're surrounded by so much glory, so much goodness all the time, but just like the Israelites in the first reading, and we have a tendency to like put our heads down and just grumble, right? And so much of what we do on our phones is basically like just grumbling with apps, right? I mean, like you think about any comment box ever, it's just grumbling all over the place. And like to be able to stop and put that sort of stuff aside and look at all the glory that we have around us. And when I say like taking the cell phone out of our hands, it's like by prayer and fasting and almsgiving, it's this chance to sort of step aside and just see the great views that we have all around us. And we get this great vista today in the gospel. Now remember, this is the first of three of like the longer gospels from the gospel of John we're going to get in a row at this point of Lent in year A. So today, Samaritan woman at the well. Next Sunday, we'll get John chapter 9, uh, when Jesus cures the man born blind. And then the week after that, we have the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And each one of those is almost an entire chapter of the gospel of John. I think you know me well enough to know that I would love to just spend like the next three hours going through all of this with you, and it's really like a, a hard penance to just not do that, but there's a few things I just want to point out about this gospel that I think sort of open up the vista of how incredible our Lord's love is and how entering into the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving 
helps us to essentially like set down the cell phone and look around us. Now, there are three things in this gospel that are very strong foreshadowings of what's coming. So this was John chapter 4, almost the entirety. It was verses 5 to 42. And there are three things that point ahead to John chapter 19, which is going to be Jesus's passion. The first of those is when we specifically get from John what time of day this is, where we hear Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. Now, there's only one other time in the Gospel of John where he tells us it was noon. And the time that that was was when Pilate takes Jesus out in front of everyone and says, behold the man, and they yell, crucify him. And then they take him off to go crucify him. So notice, this time he's tired. He's worn out from the journey. It's noon. The next time it will be noon, he's going to be tired. He's going to be worn out. But he's still going to go out after those who have gone astray, to go out after the sinners. The next thing that's very similar to John chapter 19 is the fact that he thirsts. Notice he says to the woman, give me a drink. One of the last things he's going to say from the cross is, I thirst. And it's not so much that he just wants some water. He's thirsting for her faith, for her salvation. And from the cross, he's going to thirst for our salvation, for each one of us, to give him our faith. The final one, and it just occurred to me as the deacon was proclaiming the gospel last night, that notice his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. In John 19, when Jesus is on the cross, his disciples will have gone away, not to do the will of the heavenly Father, which is Jesus' food, but to get out of town, to get away because they're afraid. And yet, even though it's hot, even though he's uncomfortable, even though he's having to lay down his whole life, he still thirsts and he still keeps going, even when the disciples go somewhere else. My brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the things that this beautiful gospel gives us, and I highly recommend, go back, read it again later, because, you know, we're not used to standing for 20 minutes to just listen to something, and there's so many details. Read John chapter 4 later today. But one of the things that these readings today point to, especially this gospel, in light of the crucifixion that is coming, is that really during Lent and throughout our lives, it's not us that are doing all the work. Yes, we've got to fast, we've got to pray, we've got to give alms. And notice, Jesus starts this off by saying to her, give me a drink. But ultimately, he knows that he wants to give her so much more. It's the same thing with us. It's like he's saying, put down the cell phone. Give your time to me. Give it to others. I have so much more for you. He is the one that is the main actor in this relationship between us. He's the one that sets out and is tired from the journey and goes out at the most uncomfortable time of the day in the heat of the noon sun, yet he still comes after us, right? And the same way that he's going after the Samaritan woman, my friends, he does the same thing for you and me. And the trouble in our life is we're so much like the Israelites. We look down at our phones and we grumble. And we forget about the fact that his love is incredible, is pouring out all over us, just like sitting on black balsam knob where it's all there to see. It's all here in sacred scripture. And yet, we forget that hope does not disappoint. We forget how awesome his love is. 
And this season is this awesome opportunity in which the church says, set down the phone, fast, pray, give alms. Why? Not because we want you to be uncomfortable, but because ultimately there's something so much better than all of the things in this world. It's the love of Jesus who will go to all the extents that he can, right down to the cross, right down to the depths of hell, to go after us because he thirsts for our salvation. It's so important for us to set those things aside and to recognize the fact that honestly, during Lent, we're not the primary actors. Ultimately, it's our Lord and his love for us. Make sure that during this season, you take the time to, to let that soak in, to be in his presence, to recognize the fact that we get to approach him too, just like the Samaritan woman at the well, just like the people at the foot of the cross. Because every time we come to Mass, we get to participate in the passion, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord who continues to come to us, even at the heat of the day, even at the cost of making himself uncomfortable. He is there thirsting for our faith. Make sure during this time you come to him and find that ultimate satisfaction in his never-ending love. Praise be Jesus Christ.